Hello, I'm Adrian, and welcome to another episode of the Adrian Ross Show on the BMG Network, thebmgnetwork.com, or maybe you're tuned in on the BMG Network's YouTube channel or a podcast platform. However you're tuned in, I have something really interesting that I want to do today. I want to share with you today. I've never done an episode quite like this. I'm actually going to be sharing with you a message that I ministered just a few days ago at my church an important message. It's a message for people of faith. Now, if you're if you're not a person of faith, if you're not professing to be a Christian, that doesn't mean you should tune out. No, you should absolutely tune in and listen. But I am challenging myself in this message as well as people of faith. And that's why I say this is for people of faith. I had entitled this message when I spoke to the church, The Identity of Christ, Exhibit A. You're familiar with that. Exhibit A. I submit to the court. Exhibit A. Proof. Evidence. Right. And so we're going to look at that. And I don't want you to think, well, it's about Christ. It's about Jesus. We already know about his identity. You know what? This message is about Christ. It is about Christ, meaning Jesus. But it asks a very important question about ourselves, about Exhibit A, and you'll understand what I'm talking about. So we're going to get into this topic, which is a topic that people talk about a lot. People either believe in wholeheartedly or they don't. (laughs) And they're vehemently opposed to the idea of this particular topic. I'm going to be talking about miracles, signs, and wonders Miracles, signs, and wonders. And I don't know where you stand. I don't know if you've ever experienced a miracle. I don't know if you believe in miracles. So, But we're going to get into that. And we're going to talk about Exhibit A, concerning identity. And it has to do with miracles, signs, and wonders. We're also going to get into this topic, which is quite controversial for people for some reason. And that is speaking in tongues. I'm hoping that if you are a professing Christian... You know about speaking in tongues and that you do speak in tongues, that you believe in it and and that you do. But we're going to talk about that because that can be a really touchy issue for people, right? So we're going to talk about the power of that, of speaking in tongues. We're going to talk about desiring the supernatural, desiring the miracle signs and wonders. And this is something that I decided to bring to you today. I normally don't do that. I have something... um, you know, something else. I don't usually play audio or show video of myself in, in this kind of scenario, in this kind of situation, but this is such an important message at such a crucial time. And I just felt, you know what? I need to share this message and people need to hear it. Will it challenge you? Absolutely. Do we need to be challenged? Absolutely. So hang in from beginning to the end, because at the end, Well, throughout, throughout, I shouldn't say at the end, throughout, you're going to have to answer a question about not just the identity of the Lord, but your identity. And what is your exhibit A? You'll understand that as we go with this message. Praise the Lord. Are you glad to be here? Are you glad? Yes. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. I'm glad to be here. I'm excited. I'm excited to share tonight. Very, very excited and challenged at the same time. First of all, 
As always, I honor my pastor and Ms. Diane, and I thank them for the opportunity to stand here, and I get to stand here under their covering and their anointing, so um, you have to deal with me. <laughs> so, so I'm grateful for them, and obviously Pastor Val and Sherry as well. And uh, so greetings. Um, as I said, I'm quite excited about this particular word. I hear pastors say all the time, he says, I wish the house was full. Because that's how I feel about this message tonight. Um, but I, I'm glad you're here. And those who are watching, I'm glad you're here uh, tonight. And I believe that God has a word for us. This is something I was reading. Uh, it might not even be two months ago. I was reading a passage of scripture that I've read. You probably have read a million times. But something, something jumped out at me that I had never seen before. Um, seen it before, seen the words before, understand the principle behind it, but I still saw something that I had never seen before. And before I get too far into the message, I'm going to ask that he throw up the declaration because I want to start with this before I get into the word. So can we do this together like we believe it? Ready? On three. One, two, three. We declare this is the Lord's time. We declare revival and awakening are here in our church region and nation we declare this is harvest time we declare this is the time of healings signs wonders and miracles we declare this is the time of super abundant overflow we declare this is the time for all people to come to the fullness of christ amen so be it and one might say well how do you say that when when there's so much going on, we've got so much that we're dealing with in the church, in our own lives, and yet we're still saying we declare. And so I'm declaring that we are not backing up. We are not backing down. How do you say that when there's so much going on, even myself with physical things some of you know about? At the same time, I'm not backing down. I'm not going to cede any territory. I have weak moments here and there. I'm dealing with this and that just as you do. But we're going to stand on the word of God. Amen. Amen. What the enemy meant for evil, God's going to turn it around for good. Why? Because his word is true. And we're coming into a deeper revelation of the word of God. And so since I said, I wish the house were full, but I'm glad you're here, I'm going to do like Pastor says. And it's one thing I love about Pastor. It doesn't matter if it's five people or 500 people or 5,000. He's going to preach. Okay, but here, listen, let me tell you, I need your help tonight. Okay, I need you to help me preach. Where's the amen corner? Amen. Okay, good. I need your help tonight. So, again, like I said, this was something. I have so much that I want to share. So either I'm going to bumble, you know, get it all out, ramble it all out and be done in five minutes, or you'll be here at midnight. I'm not sure which. <laughs> but anyway, I've never done anything too fast, too soon, you know, be done too early. But something just stood out. So we're going to, um, we've got a lot of scriptures tonight, and I may not get to all of them. I have to see how, how this flows. But let's start with Luke 7. I'm going to read 1 through 23. A lot of, lot of scriptures important to lay the foundation of this message, which I call the identity of Christ, exhibit A. The identity of Christ, exhibit A. And Luke 7 starts here. Now, when he had ended all his sayings, 
in the audience of the people, he entered into Capernaum. And a certain centurion's servant who was dear unto him was sick and ready to die. And when he heard of Jesus, he sent unto him the elders of the Jews, beseeching him that he would come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they besought him instantly, saying that he was worthy for whom he should do this. For he loves his nation, and he has built us a synagogue. Then Jesus went with them. And when he was now not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying unto him, Lord, trouble not thyself, for I am not worthy that thou shouldest enter under my roof. Wherefore, neither thought I myself worthy to come unto thee. But say in a word, and my servant shall be healed. For I also am a man set under authority, having under me soldiers. And I say unto one, go, and he goeth. And to another, come, and he cometh. And to my servant, do this, and he doeth it. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him and turned him about and said unto the people that followed him, I say unto you, I have not found so great faith. No, not in Israel. And they that were sent returning to the house found the servant whole that had been sick. And it came to pass the day after that he went into a city called Nain, and many of his disciples went with him, and much people. Now when he came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother. She was a widow, and much people of the city was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her, and said unto her, Weep not. And he came and touched the bier, and they that bare him stood still. And he said, Young man, I say unto thee, arise. And he that was dead sat up and began to speak. And he delivered him to his mother. And there came a fear on all, and they glorified God, saying that a great prophet is risen up among us, and that God had visited his people. And this rumor of him went forth throughout all Judea and throughout all the region round about. And the disciples of John showed him all of these things. And John, calling unto him, two of his disciples sent them to Jesus, saying, Art thou he that should come, or look we for another? When the men were come unto him, they said, John the Baptist has sent us unto thee, saying, Art thou he that should come, or look we for another? And in that same hour he cured many of their infirmities and plagues and of evil spirits, and unto many that were blind he gave sight. Then Jesus answering said unto them, go your way and tell John what things you have seen and heard, how that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, to the poor the gospel is preached, and blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. Good word there. Now, I find John's question fascinating especially in light of the timing and the circumstances now I've recently heard don't even remember who I recently heard someone say that they really believe that John's question you know basically are you the Christ should we look for someone else that that was a that was a sincere inquiry that he that he was really wondering I find that fascinating. I don't believe it, by the way. So I don't, I don't think, I think in, in light of the fact that Jesus is popping miracles left and right, and it's not a secret, and he sees what he's doing, 
I find that timing kind of fascinating that, that he would be saying, are, are, are you the Christ or should we, should we look for another? I find that fascinating. Are you really the Christ? But Luke's account and Matthew's account of this specify that Jesus, you know, both of those accounts, that he was performing those miracles. That it, it, it's not secret. So if there was ever a time not to doubt who he was, it was then. Hello? If there was ever a time not to look for another, it would have been then. So I don't believe, I don't believe that John was really, you know, I'm just kind of confused here. I'm not quite sure. Are, are you really, are you really the one? I don't believe John asked the question because he didn't know that he was the one. I believe John asked the question because he knew that he was the one. And John's in prison. And so I know that you are the Messiah. I know that you are the Christ. And yet here I am. You're popping miracles and signs and wonders and all that. All that's going on. And here I am in prison. Have you ever, have you ever been in a situation where you know who he is? You know he's the one. And yet you're thinking... But here I am, and this is what I'm going through. So I don't believe John didn't know. John knew. That's where the frustration came in. There was some disappointment there. There was some feeling of abandonment there, abandonment there because he knows that he's performing the miracles, not time to doubt. So I find that fascinating, for lack of a better word. But as much as John's question and his boldness to ask it fascinate me, Jesus' response to the question is even more fascinating. So when John asked the question, notice what Jesus did. Okay? Notice what he did. I'm going to do a little demonstration for you, okay? So John's got, Jesus is doing all this, all this healing, miracle signs, wonders, and he sends two of his disciples. John does. So, uh, you know, I got to play multiple roles here, okay? All right? So, so, so he got two of his disciples over here. Jesus is over here. He's got a crowd of people he's got to tend to over here, okay? So here come the disciples, John's disciples, and they're just like, oh, um, I don't know, master, Jesus, however they refer to him, you know, Jesus being the cool dude he is. Like, what's up, you know? So Jesus responds, hey. And, oh, yeah, well, um, can, can, we, can, we have a, can we have a word with you? Can we, can we, can we have just a moment of your time? And Jesus is like, oh, yeah, sure. I got, I got, you know, I got these people over here. I got some, some things I got to take care of over here. But, you know, I, I'll be right with you. I'll be right with you. So, okay, yeah, 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 so, so what's up? And they say, well, you know, we're John's disciples. And John, he sent us to you, and he said that he wanted to know if you are the one, you know, that that was to come, and you know, you are you the Christ, or you know, like, should we look for another? And so John asked us to to ask you that. And so Jesus looks over them and says, "Hmm, okay, oh yeah, okay. You know what? I got I got to deal with this right here. So let me deal. Let me let me deal with this. And you guys just hang tight. Just hang tight. Hang out here with me. I'll, I'll get right back to you. You know." Let me let me let me do this. So so Jesus comes on over here, where the crowd is, 
And then over here, he said, oh, blind eyes? I command these eyes to be open right now. Over here, sticks his fingers in deaf ears. Deaf ears are popping up. He said, oh, your heart is broken. Let the balm of Gilead heal you. Over here, you just dropped dead. I say, rise up and walk. I'm saying that as Jesus, is, as Jesus begins to tend to that, okay, he begins to tend, and, and, and he spends about an hour just popping miracles. And then he, these guys are hung close, hang, hung out here. And then all of a sudden you see, you know, they're looking at this. They're following this. And their eyes are like huge because how many of you know that, that, that you, you, you should still remain in awe? I don't care how many times you've seen him do it. There should be still in awe when he's popping, you know, just, just unclean spirit come out. Blinded eyes be opened. And, he, and he, so, so they're just like this. And so Jesus, after he's done with this one, he, after he's done, over here, about an hour, he turns around and he says, oh, yeah, you guys. Now, what, 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 was, what was the question again? What was it John um, asked you to ask me? Um, what, what, what was that? And they're like, oh, well, see, what had happened was it John, right? Like he wanted us to come and just kind of ask if you, yeah, never mind. And then Jesus says, look, listen, you go tell John what you just saw. You tell John that the blind see, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have the gospel preached unto them, okay? You demons are cast out. And then just, I throw this in for free. Tell John that happy is the person who don't have his panties in a wad over me. Yes, sir. I said the identity of Christ. Because see, what, what, they were, what John was saying was a question for whatever reason, about Jesus' identity. And what Jesus did was give them, I submit to the court, exhibit A. And that was, he performed the supernatural. He demonstrated power. And I find that interesting. So the, to the point of what I'm talking about today, when Jesus' identity was in question, how are you the one? Let's look first at how Jesus did not respond. He didn't say, well, are you, are you really the Christ? When they asked the question, John wants to know. He didn't say, well, my, my mother was Mary, you know, the virgin. She's a you know, godly woman, and, you know, that's my mom. And yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm her son, and yeah, I'm the Christ. He didn't say that. When, they were at, when he were asking about his identity, he didn't say, you know, well, you know, I, I was conversing with the educated and the doctors and all that when I was just 12, you know. I'm the Messiah. He did not say, you know, I, John baptized me in the Jordan. You know how we say, I've been baptized. I've been down in Jesus' name. He didn't say, I came back from the Jordan full of the Holy Ghost and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness. Baptized in Jesus' name and full of the Holy Ghost. 
He didn't say that. He didn't say, my father said, this is my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased. He didn't say, I've been in ministry since 30. He didn't say that. What did he say? What did he say? His exhibit A, you go tell John about the miracles. That was his proof. That was his credential card. That was his exhibit A of his identity. Now, this can get a little bit tricky because I'm being stretched even as I think this word will stretch all of us. His answer to his identity was miracles, signs, and wonders, a demonstration of his power. I said, I need your help. So here's the question. What about us? Now check this out. When your coworker, your neighbor, your family member says to you, you know, I, I hear that you're, you know, I know you're a Christian. I hear that you go, I see you leaving here, you go to church every Sunday and all that. And, you know, I, I, I heard people talk about you being, you know, a child of God and all that. And listen, I'm going through a tough time right now. I'm, I, you know, I'm imprisoned. John was in prison. I'm, I'm in prison in this circumstance, in this, in this situation, and I'm in desperation. And oh, we got a neighbor over here, and, and she's dealing with cancer, and we've got this. And so I, I just, I just got to know because I'm at the point where I have to know. I heard about you. I heard what you said. I heard what others said on the job, wherever we are. So I, I got to ask you, are you the real deal? Or should I be looking for somebody else? Because, see, I've got a need. And I don't got time to mess around with fakes and phonies. Now, some will ask that out of sincerity. And some are just frustrated and feeling abandoned. And so they might ask you that to point the finger at you. Either way, for whatever reason, they want to know, are you the real deal? My question is, can you answer? Can I answer as Jesus answered? Is his exhibit A... Our exhibit A. Are you hearing me? So what about us? Because there are other people in prison. And there are other people who are looking. And they need to know, do I need to bypass you? Now hear what I'm saying. When I say, what is your proof? I'm not trivializing or minimizing any of these things that I'm about to mention. But I'm still saying it wasn't Jesus' exhibit A. So... What's your answer? Well, are you, they say, are you the one? Are you the, you know? And well, I, I asked the Lord to forgive me of my sins and I prayed the sinner's prayer. Again, I'm not minimizing that because if we don't do that first, nothing I said already and nothing I will say has any power at all. So we understand that. I'm just saying, should that be your exhibit A? Is that, so, you know, I prayed the sinner's prayer 50 years ago. So yes, I'm the one. Is your answer, I'm at church every time the door is open. I'm I'm a worship leader or greeter or Sunday school worker, the hospitality club, you know, um, you know, all that. I do those things. Are you the one? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I I was baptized X amount of times. 
And that's, again, God's moving in that way. We thank God for that. But is that your answer? That's your exhibit, eh? But are you the one? Well, I, I lead a Bible study. I'm nice to people. I don't kick my neighbor's dog, and believe me, he barks. He deserves to be kicked. I don't pull the cat's whisker. I'm a good person. Yeah. You don't need to look for another. Understand, these things are important. You shouldn't be pulling the cat's whiskers. And you better not pull mine because we're going to have a problem. But they're important. But they're not how Jesus dealt with the identity question. There was an expectation of the miraculous. Amen. I was, I was praying the other night and I felt that, I heard that in my spirit. God, God was in expectation of the miraculous. Do we have that? Now, you might say, okay, well, that's, that was Jesus' exhibit A. He's the Christ. That should be his response. I'm not Christ. Well, but let's do a little word study. Christ comes from the Greek Christos, which means anointed. And from that, we get Christianos, which means little Christ. And they, we know, were called Christians first at Antioch. And it wasn't a compliment. But they were calling them Christians or little Christ because they were acting like him. They were mirroring him. They were modeling him. When I was in elementary school, I have a sister, we call her Mona, but her, her real name is Mar- Marion Ross, like the actress. That's her name, Marion. And when I was in elementary school, I remember this guy used to say, call me Little Marion. Little Marion. Right? They were little Christ. Why? Because they were acting so much like him. So I dare say the same answer that he gave should be the answer that we are able to give. little Christ. We're we're the anointed ones. Let me get this out of the way. Some will say, well, when you talk about healings and miracles and stuff, well, it isn't for everyone. God gives those abilities and and gifts, and we talk about that as as he wills, and, and, and God does, and Paul talks about the gifts of the Spirit, and asks if all worked in healings and miracles and, and all that, and all do not, um, we're not, obviously, all working in it. <clears throat> but when I look at the word, and we got Ben and Pam here, listen, I submit everything to people who know more than me, and that's everybody, and pastor and all that. But when I look at the word, and a sincere heart to rightly divide the word, I see scripture upon scripture that lets me know that we should be Do all? Well, no, we're not. But we should be. We can. We should be. And more so in this hour, I believe that as we desire to manifest, and we're going to talk about desire, to manifest what is already inherent in the seed of the Spirit that's within us when we receive the Spirit, then I believe as I read the Scripture, I believe the Scripture says that these signs shall follow them that believe. We'll talk about that too. I believe in the scripture when it says, and greater works shall you do. I believe that. 
And it says the elders call for the elders, you know, and then and the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And then the Bible and again, and the Bible says, and so those are the elders. But the Bible says all who believe these signs. So I'm, I, I, when I think of the word and, and look at it and rightly divide that word, what I see is that healing signs and wonders are available. Now, maybe we're not desiring it, which we'll talk about, and we're not, we're not allowing God to flow. And correct me if I'm wrong. You have to pull me aside or whatever. But I believe that we are supposed, supposed to be demonstrating. We are supposed to be demonstrating that. Amen. That should be the expectation. That's exhibit A. Are you the one? Hold on one second. When they said that neighbor comes, are you, are you the one? Well, you can ask Susie over here. We went to her house. Her husband was sick. We prayed for him, and God, God raised him up. Over here, this person was bound in oppression, and we came, and now this person is saved. This person had demons like you never would believe. I mean, they always were speeding through the subdivision, and we came through, and we cast that speeding demon out. I got a few I need to cast out of my subdivision. Hello. Anyway, and so, but we, we had results. So what was your question again? So look how identity works. John 14. Look at how identity works. I'm trying to keep my eyes on the time. But midnight should do. Look at how identity works. What would you say, Michael? <laughs> oh, man, you know, I thought, Mike, I thought Michael said, you know, they used to say, take your liberty. Go ahead. I asked Michael what he said. He told me no. Hey, brother. <laughs> I hear you. I do my best. No promises. Um, look at how identity works. John 14, 10 said, Believest thou not that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me. He doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very works' sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. Now, it's expected. The works are expected. Notice what he said. He, he referenced the Father. That's exhibit A. See, I do what my Father does. And then, you know, I've got his DNA, right? So Jesus said, now, now, now it's down to me. And I exhibit exhibit A. And then now he says, and then now you who believe, you should be exhibiting. You ever see a family tree? We got it honest, right? So where he said, it, it's, it's supposed to come from here. I got it from him. Exhibit A, it's down to me. And now it's to you. So we should have the same answer. It is expected. The works are expected. You cannot separate the identity from the evidence. And the evidence he gave was to perform the miraculous. And if you don't think it mattered to Jesus, look at his response to the little Christ not walking in their identity and being a, or not being able to do miracles. In Matthew 17, verse 14, lots of scriptures tonight. Because we need this and we need to get it down and we need to know that it's in the word for us. And he says, and when they will come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son. For he is a lunatic and sore vexed. For oft times he falls in the fire and oft in the water. And I brought him to your disciples and they could not cure him. 
Then Jesus answered and said, oh, faithless and perverse generation. How long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil and he departed out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. And let me ask you this. Did Jesus have an expectation that they should have been able to take care of business? He was vexed. He was, shall I say, disappointed. So he had to take care of it because the little Christ weren't doing it. Mark 16, and he said unto them, go ye into all the world. This is verse 15. And preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. Say, shall follow. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Now, here's the deal. Because I've heard this so many times and I've heard it preached other, not here, but I've heard it preached. I've heard it said and I've said it myself. We say all the time with this scripture, we are not sign followers. Signs follow us. We don't follow signs. You heard that? These signs, they're supposed to be following us. We're not supposed to be following them. We say it over and over again. I've said it over and over again. To that I go, really? Maybe that's why some of us aren't catching up to them. Because we're not following them. You ever hear this saying, God is looking for people who are looking for him. That's almost like an oxymoron. How does that work? I'm looking for God. I'm going after God. At the same time, he's going after me. It works together. But that's not even what that means. Following us. That's not, that's not even what that means. You know, we, we better be signed followers. But what does it mean? Follow here means to be a companion of or an escort to be present or occur at the same time. So these signs shall accompany us, escort us, be present with us. You ever go to the prom or to or whatever, and you've got your escort or maybe hired one? <laughs> but whatever, that escort accompanies you, okay? These signs are supposed to accompany us, escort us where we go at the same time. If you believe, they shall follow. It's expected. Everybody say expect. So why are we saying this? Because, you know, we, we, we've heard about healing signs and wonders. We did a declaration and we've been hearing that all of our lives. If You know, many of us. But I believe that God is getting us ready for something like we've never experienced before. I really believe that, that we are on the, the precipice of, of, of a something huge. Are you, are, do you believe that? And we have to believe. We have to believe. 
We are on the verge. It's, it's already happening. I mean, God, is, this is harvest time, and God is, but we're going to experience something, and we've got to be prepared. We've got to We've got to answer the identity question. We need Exhibit A. And again, I know this can be tricky because we, we, can't, we can't do it in and of ourselves. We can't manufacture it. But we can get in line. I'm not, I'm not suggesting. So you've got to hear what I'm saying. I'm not talking about conjuring up something on our own. We do nothing apart from his spirit. But his spirit dwells in us. So we don't have to do it apart from his spirit. And so if we will lend ourselves to the spirit, to what is already in the seed that is inherent within us, and we desire that, then we should be seeing what Jesus was doing. Hello? Do you agree? Do you want to see it? And you say, so, 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 so how? You know, this is, this is nothing new. I, I do believe that we're in a new season. I spoke about this the last time I spoke, about being in, in, in a new season. So I'm going to give a couple keys about how, what, what should be our response? How, how, do we, how do we move forward? How do we get in this thing? Because the seed is there. Right? So, number one, and I talked about this the last time, but I feel even more strongly, and I'm hearing everybody talking about this, this thing, this praying in the Holy Ghost. Hello? That's a key. There's one key. This is one key. He said, hey, well, we, we always talk about praying in the Holy Ghost and praying in tongues. You know, we, we always talk about that. I'm telling you. There's a key there. And we got to get deeper in. Intentionally. You know, and I, and I shared before, I said, you know, it's kind of interesting because, you know, I was, I was saying, you know, sometimes I feel lazy, like, Oh, you're praying in tongues, you're praying, praying in spirit. I feel lazy, and I know I do battle that. But I'm telling you, I, like never before, like never before, I'm pressing in there. And there's a flow. There, there's, it's, it's so important that we tap into praying in the spirit. And I'm finding that, like, like I said, never, never before. A friend of mine back home, my, my old church in New York, she was preaching a couple Sundays ago, and she preached on the favor of God. And she was talking about how when she's just, she's like, I'm just, I just find myself, I don't have the words. And when I'm praying, I just, I just don't have English. It's not, it's just can't, it can't do it. And I, I don't, she said, I find myself just weeping or just praying in the spirit. And I said, yeah, I can relate. I can relate. So what happens? Why is this so important when we start talking about miracles and wonders and casting out demons and all this stuff and just being in alignment with the move of God in this hour, praying in the spirit? What does it do? What happens when we pray in the spirit? First of all, the Bible says we build up ourselves. We edify ourselves. Who doesn't need being edified? And we building up yourself on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Do you realize that? And it's a, another thing. It's a connection with God that draws us closer to God. I don't know how it works. I don't know how God set it up. I just know it works. There's a, there's a connection with God, which makes me closer to God, which increases your hunger for God, which re- develops more your relationship with God. 
another thing it does is it, it, it prays the will of God. I heard somebody say today, teaching on the gifts of the Spirit, and he said, she said that when you pray in tongues, that's a God-initiated prayer. You can't not be praying the will of God. That's a God-initiated prayer. So it bypasses your understanding. Your understanding is unfruitful, but, but, but your spirit is alive. And the Bible says that we don't know how to pray as we are, but the spirit in Romans 8, 26 through 27, it talks about that, that it makes intercession with groanings that cannot be uttered. Hello. When we pray in the spirit, we pray in tongues, it, it gives a download, revelation, discernment. And sometimes, you know, you ever find yourself, you're praying, you're praying in the spirit and all of a sudden things just pop in. And you just think, oh, that just came to my mind. You don't even realize that as you're praying in the spirit, God's dropping things in your spirit to pray about, to pray about. It opens you up. It opens us up, our spirit up. We need to pray more in the spirit. And it also enables us to tap into other gifts and abilities and God encounters. You remember in Acts 2, I won't, I won't go there, but do you remember in Acts 2 when it starts talking about in the, you know, this is that which was prophesied in the last days, I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh, right? And then at the, at the, in verse 18 of that Acts 2, he says, and on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out of those days of my spirit and they shall prophesy. Then it opens us up to more God encounters. In Acts 4, verse 31, if you're t- you know, taking notes, says, whizzing through this, says, and when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. So when they received the Holy Ghost and spoke with tongues, they also was, were able to have a boldness that was beyond them. I'm telling you that we're living in an hour and a day where we need boldness. Because this stuff in this country is off the chain. And if you don't have boldness, you're going to be in a corner cowering. But when the Holy Ghost came, when they prayed and all, they spoke the word of God with boldness. This is a weapon that we have. And it cannot be defeated. You can pray in tongues anywhere. You're walking in the supermarket. Lord knows if you're in Walmart, you definitely need to be praying in the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you something else about the Holy Ghost. Everybody say, follow the signs. Well, doctors have proven, it's true. Doctors have proven that 30 minutes of praying in tongues activates unused parts of the brain. And for most of you, that's most of your brain. And... (laughs) Evidences that went over some of y'all head right there. <laughs> but anyway, pray, 30 minutes praying in tongues. They've done studies. Actually, I even watched one on YouTube. They hooked the thing up to the lady, and she's, they got her praying. She's praying in the spirit and stuff, and, you, and the doctor's watching what transpires in her brain. This is proven. This is, not a, this, is not, this is proven. And they say 30 minutes of praying in tongues activates unused parts of the brain and washes and therefore heals Parts of the brain that have been damaged over the years. 
Yep. And he shared it. One, this guy shared a testimony about somebody's brain and something that was, wasn't there and that ended up being there. They got healed, whether it's drugs, alcohol, things that damage the brain. You want a cure for TMI? Pray in the Holy Ghost. That's TBI. What was that, TBI? Traumatic brain injury. Am I getting it right? But whatever, whatever it is, it's a fact, scientific fact. That ought to make us want to pray. And I, I can't help but think, when I think about the hardening of the arteries, and we think about all so many, so many things are going on in the brain, and, and, and the science says, much of what praying in the spirit does, we don't even know. But we know it's not an exercise in futility. And what I love is Paul said, I speak in tongues more than you all. And some people say, oh, Paul was kind of diminishing speaking in tongues. No. He said, look, I, I, I thank God I pray in tongues more than you all. I do, I, funny, sometimes I'll text a couple of my friends back home and I'll text them and just say, you know, I speak in tongues more than all y'all. And my friend will come back and say, I don't think you do. It challenged me. But, yeah, he said, I speak in tongues. He, what he was saying was that in the church, I would rather, you know, speak, speak five words and, you know, uh, five words in understanding than a thousand words in tongues and all that. But, which is an indication that outside the church, that the tongues weren't just for the church. That means he's praying in tongues at home. He said, I speak in tongues more than you all. So we've got to pray more in the spirit. It changes everything. And you say, well, I do pray in the spirit. So what do I say to you? Keep praying in the spirit. This is a new season. See how God moves as we pray in tongues. And you know, we got to be at a place where we are not ashamed. We got to be more bold. Yeah, we are. We used to sing the song, I'm a one God, apostolic tongue talking, holy roll up on again. We used to do this whole thing back in, back at home, way back. Yeah, I can go on with that. You know, it was, it was one of those. But, so that's important. So I'm challenging us. We don't need to be, we, we've got, you know what? It's your praying in tongues that builds you up, but it also allows you to, to connect with God and intercede for other people. They better be, they should be glad we pray in tongues. <laughs> key number two, and this is the last key I got. What time is it? Kick, Michael's going to kick me out of here. Okay, let me hurry up. Oh, thank you, Mike. So, so take your time. Key two, I said desire before. We need to desire spiritual gifts. Can a desire be a key? Absolutely. Because that which you desire, you pray for. You give yourself to. So my question is, do we truly desire to operate in the gifts of the Spirit, in, in the miraculous of casting out demons or whether gifts of the Spirit or whatever? Do we have a desire? So when we pray without understanding, are, are we praying that the miraculous is operating through us? In Corinthians, Paul says that we should earnestly desire that. Earnestly desire. Follow after. Pray for. And one might, like I said, it can get tricky. You might think, oh, you know, she's off into performance and off into the... No. I'm just saying it's an expectation. It's our identity. It's a part of the package. So what does earnestly mean when it says earnestly desire? Earnestly means with sincere and intense conviction. Seriously, with the expectation of success. Earnestly desire. Here's a bonus. Desire is Latin for of the Father. Desire, sire, sir, right? 
So we should be earnestly, with deep conviction, desiring what's of the Father. Yes. We got away from that somewhat. And I can tell you why. We kind of pivoted away from that idea that we should desire. Why? Because we talk about the Corinthian church that flourished in the gifts, but they were carnal. And so we say things like, well, the gifts of the spirit are not an example of, they're not the evidence of spirituality. The fruit of the spirit, that's the evidence. Okay, yes, okay. And Paul has said, you know, at the end there, in the chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians, he said, but I show unto you a more excellent way. And then he goes into the love chapter. And so because people, they felt were, were, were focused on the, the, the gifts and the miraculous without the heart of love, we kind of got away and th- said, like, 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 like he was trying to say that we should replace or get rid of one so that we could have the other. No. He was saying that we should flow in this miraculous and have the heart of love. That should be our motive. But we were so afraid that we were going to get off and that our hearts were going to be wrong and we're going to be like the Corinthians and we're going to, and we're not going to have love. It's going to be like a clanging blah, blah, blah. And we're not going to be in decent. We're not going to do things decently and in order. So we just throw it all out. We just throw out the baby with the bathwater. But that wasn't it. It was you can walk in true gum at the same time. Hello. That we, it, we, are there people who get off track and it's all about the gifts and they don't have, that's all they care about and they just look at me and, 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 and not having a heart of love? Are there, yeah, there are people who get off track, but we ain't got to be one of them. Jesus walked as love and he demonstrated the power of God. We don't have to pick and choose. We can have it all. And the Bible does say like, you know, all things should be done decently in order. But notice that done, that means you got to do it. So do it, do it indecently and in order. Do it with the right heart. Do it with love, but do it. Hello. We act like Jesus doesn't want us to demonstrate his power. No, that's not true. But here it is. Many of us haven't earnestly desired. And I got to ask you, and only you can answer. We haven't earnestly desired. The Bible says, you know, pray. Covet earnestly. I got to ask you, have you, are you praying? Have you been praying for the miraculous to be evident in your life? Do you go through those gifts of the spirit? Name those gifts of the spirit and, 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 and ask God, are you desiring? Are you earnestly desiring? When, are we even praying? We haven't. Many of us, because we figure we won't be humble. Or we've been worried that we'll want the glory for ourselves. Or we've been scared we'll mess things up. We've misunderstood that we can love and operate in the supernatural. And in some cases, it hasn't even crossed our minds. It hasn't even crossed. Have I prayed? Oh, God, I pray for the utterance gifts, Lord. I pray for the power gifts, God. I pray for the revelation gifts and name them. Are we are we how are we praying? Are we desiring? Because the Bible says we should earnestly desire. Why? It's for the edification It's ours. It's in the seed. But instead, we just want to say, well, it's not for everybody. 
Well, that's maybe because everybody ain't desiring and praying. I don't know. And I had to, you know, I'm challenging us. Yes, we pray in the spirit. Yes, we pray in our understanding. And we need to be praying. And if you don't have a desire, then we need to be asking God. God, you know what? I, I didn't think about praying for the God. I need, g- g- give me a desire. I've been listening more and more about t- to things of the spirit, watching things more and more. Right, because there's a desire. Right? You say, I don't, you know, I don't, you know, I don't feel that. I'm not hungry. Let me tell you something. You know what? You know what'll whet your appetite? You know what makes you hungry when you get around food? Man, you can go to somebody's house and go by a restaurant. You ain't hungry or nothing. All of a sudden, that aroma comes, and all you say, you know, I think I will have me a little something, something, because it stimulates a hunger when you get around that. So we need to do that. So we need to shift in our mindset as I draw to a close here. Someone might say, Adrian, you're making too much of the miracles and you're going to get out there in left field. You've lost your mind. I said, no, I think I found my mind. Jesus spent so much time talking about, he spent so much time talking about what the saved, the little Christ are supposed to do. Do the expectation of the miraculous. But we're stuck on, are you really the one? We're stuck on, well, I asked Jesus into my heart, which is important. But when someone is locked up in, in a prison, in oppression, and they say, hey, I hear you're the one. You're one of those. Are you really? Or should I look for another? What will your answer be? What will my answer be? What will be the exhibit A? And I believe that as we desire to manifest the power of God that's inherent within us and pray for that and pray in the Holy Ghost, this is the hour. He said, he didn't ask us to do what he didn't equip us to do. He didn't say, you know, they're not doing, they're not doing seminars on healing because they ain't got nothing else to do. I mean, our pastor's not preaching like he's preaching and declaring. You know what? We can look around and say, we, we need to be tapped in. So finally, I, I can't, I can't get into, I can't go all this, but you get the point. But how important is the miraculous? In Matthew 11, you can read it on your own, Matthew eleven twenty, Jesus goes on and he talks about how if the works that have been done, and, and uh, he says, if the works that have been done in uh, Bethsaida, he says, woe unto you, Chorazin, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, woe unto you, Bethsaida, for if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. Huh. Capernaum. He said, for if the mighty works which have been done in you had been done in Sodom, it would have remained to this day. What was he saying? If they had seen the miraculous, if they had experienced what you had experienced, it would lead to repentance. So it's the, the power of God supposed to lead us, lead other people, demonstrate. A lot of times Jesus healed. Then he said, go and sin no more. He demonstrated. And it leads to that. So we have to expect it. We have to pray for it. And if you say, you know what, I'm already pressed into all that. I'm already have this, I already have this desire. I'm already, you know, I'm there. I'm there. Well, you know what? All I can say is if you're already pressed in, then up it. Up it. And my final thought here, because Chad didn't pull me on. My final thought here is that recently, and I had testified about this when, um, Pia died and I had gone out in the streets 
And then another time, Piedad and Deshay and I went out. And why did I decide to do that? Why? You know what? I said, I said, you know, I got all these words about healings and this and that. And, I, you know, I work from home other than my, my other business when I'm out. But for the most part, I'm working from home. I don't, I don't interact a lot on a regular basis with people. Yeah, sure, when I go into Walmart, sometimes I'm like, okay, God, is there somebody that I need to, you know, but to be honest with you, am I really looking? Because I just want to get in Walmart and get out. Okay? But I'm saying, I, I, I was thinking, I was like, God, I just started just re- replaying these words that I heard about miracles and signs and wonders and this and that. And then I said, you know what? I have got to put myself in a position where God can use me. And I can't just do that from my computer all the time. So I said, you know what? I just feel this. And I said, talk to pastor. I feel like I just want, I want to go out and I just want to walk the streets in Cape. We went and I just, we just pray or whatever. And then God would highlight somebody. And then, you know what? I get to practice what's in me. And that first time, I don't know how many people, 13, nine people, whatever, they prayed and said, you know, they accepted the Lord. The next time we went out, and I believe the second time we went, she and I and Deshay, and that, and I think each of us got a, got some, got a word, got an insight for the people we prayed for. But that probably wouldn't happen just sitting at my computer. So it's we're there. It's like, oh God, you're not using me. God, you promised. God, you, you know what? We'll just step out. When they, when John's disciples came, Jesus was doing miracles. Hello. So that's, that's, that's what I want to leave us with. I took a little bit longer, but I got up a little later. That's <laughs> but I, I want to say, listen, the identity of Christ. Now notice I said the identity of Christ. So some people immediately went to just him. Well, remember, we're little Christ. Same identity. The identity of Christ, exhibit A. We got to demonstrate it. We can't do it in ourselves, but we can help. Because we can co-labor with the spirit that we have so that we have the fullness. That always stands out to me, that the fullness of Christ. Amen? God bless you. And uh, all right, that's it. All right, I'm going to pray. And then we're going we're gonna, to, can we stand, please? <sighs> Thank you, Jesus. This is the finest hour. Somebody said it last night. This is the church's finest hour. Father, we thank you. We are so humbled that you would allow us, God, to house your spirit, Lord. Father, we identify with you. And we thank you for the power of God that you've invested on the inside of us. And God, we don't want to waste it, Lord. I pray, Father, that you would seal this word. God, I pray that that it would just... Just roll over in our spirit, God, and that we would be people who pray. Lord, we pray in the Holy Ghost. We pray in tongues, Father. We, we desire, I ask God that you would give us an overwhelming desire for the power of God to manifest in our lives, for a lost and dying world, and even for a church that has needs, God. You've called us to meet those needs, Lord. We can't do it in and of ourselves, but God, we can cooperate with you. And I pray, oh God, for a mighty move of the Spirit of God like never before. God, that we would take the limits off of you. Take the limits off and not put you in a box, God. Father, have your way in every one of our lives. 
And God, I declare we will never, ever be the same. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. God bless you guys. Okay. Ah, that was a lot, right? Wasn't that a lot to digest? I told you that it will challenge you. It is still challenging me. It's still challenging me. But I believe it is not only a powerful word, which I, I don't take credit for. It's his word. It's his. It's him. But I believe it's a powerful word. I also believe it is. It's just such a crucial word. And it's the truth that we need to get down. But I'd like to hear from you. I really would. Uh, feel free to email me any questions or comments or um, leave comments wherever you can on uh, particular platforms like on YouTube. But but also email at adrianrosscom at gmail.com. Adrianrosscom at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your feedback on this very important, timely topic. Okay. All right. Well, I say it all the time and I'll say it again. You need to go to the bmgnetwork.com, the bmgnetwork.com so that you can check out other podcasts that we have. Insightful, informative, entertaining. You need to go there and you can check that out. Also, would you please check out my my website adrianrosscom.com? adrianrosscom.com and also i have an online school adrianrossacademy.com and an online column which you can subscribe to and that's adrianrosscolumn.com check it out and please leave a review and a rating if you're getting anything positive out of these episodes would you leave a review i didn't share one today because i'm all out but um i'm asking those of you, or some of you are saying that you enjoy the podcast. Would you go a step further? I love that you tell me that. I love that you you feel that way. But would you put that in writing? It's, it, you don't think it's much? Let me tell you, it is huge when you do that. It's very, very helpful. So you can leave a comment, um, a rating, I should say, and a review at Apple Podcasts. You can leave one on Audible. You can rate, you can review on um on audible you can do that on apple podcast and do that wherever you listen that allows a review i would really appreciate it if you do it now then you won't forget because i know some of you say i want to do it i want to do it but i gotta get to it do it now do it now do it now all right thank you for tuning in to this episode of the adrian ross show and i will catch you next time god bless you abundantly The Adrian Ross Show was produced and edited in the BMG studio. The music was provided by Kevin McLeod. Find more episodes of The Adrian Ross Show at thebmgnetwork.com and major podcast platforms. Be sure to tune in regularly. You don't want to miss even one episode. <laughs>